Hey everybody, welcome to episode 13 of Noisegate. Today we are talking about a record that I honestly didn't think I was going to like very much, um, but my co-host suggested it and then I listened to it. He was like, it's really good. And then I was like, oh, you're right. It is really good. So we're here. I'm joined by Tristan Lozon. Tristan is a jazz bassist. Yeah. Uh, sort of. Sort of. I'm gonna of. Let, honestly, I'm going to let you talk about it because you do too much shit for me to keep track of. I, okay. Yeah. So I studied jazz. I, I dropped out of jazz school because I'm super cool. Um, fuck jazz school? <laughs> no, don't fuck jazz school. Fuck jazz music school? school? fine. Music school's... Sometimes I mean I have a lot of thoughts about current things, but anyway, yeah, anyway, anyway, um, I am a bassist. I can't really say I'm a jazz bassist anymore because I only kind of do that when old people hire me to do it. Um, <laughs> but old people got money, so they do have money. I primarily play upright still, even though now I'm playing glam rock funk nonsense. It's it's weird, but I try to make it work. He's it's, a pioneer. Okay. I, pioneer or just really stubborn is the way I prefer to put it. I just refuse to yeah. play a regular bass. Fair. I do all sorts of stuff. I've been a full-time musician for six years, I think, throughout school and everything. I playing i think full-time in four bands right now those being dos pesos i play with serena nicole seth lovelace oh, i punched my microphone <laughs> uh seth lovelace and uh as of recently pleasure cult i've been playing with them i i've worked as a producer on a couple of records session musician on some stuff i'm doing all the music for a video game right now that's the most fun project i've ever done in my life it is gas it yes. is very fun. So yeah, that's Tristan. Um, we met through doing studio-related stuff, um, and we geek out about music theory because Tristan tries to teach the studio and live uh, friend group theory, and I'm <laughs> like, oh, I get it, and um, it's just me. <laughs> yeah, we've, we've been having mixed success with our little theory classes. <laughs> that is partially least. their own fault because they cannot pay attention. Yeah, because there you are put, a couple of you class clowns of them... in here. <laughs> yeah, it becomes problematic. It's okay, though. We love everybody. So, um, yeah, Tristan's cool, and uh, I wanted to have Tristan on the pod because he's very uh, knowledgeable about music theory, especially compared to myself. So I was like, Tristan, you want to come on the pod? He's like, yes. I'm like, okay, what do you want to talk about? He's like, Dua Lipa. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm sorry, what? For real? And he's like, yeah, future nostalgia, Dua Lipa, let's do it. And I'm like, fuck, I guess we're going to do it. So I listened to it, not expecting to like it. It's kind of fire. It's super fire, <laughs> it's dude. It's kind of fire. This shit rules. The way I would just, first of all, I started listening to it. And the two major things that stick out are, one, it's very disco and glam rock influenced, yeah. which we talked about glam rock two episodes ago and how that's kind of like a dirty word in some senses. This album is all very like disco glam rock grooves. The synth is very disco glam rock, 80s pop kind of feel. And it's super bass forward. So Extremely. all the bass lines <laughs> stick out. They're all really interesting. So that means I listened to this album and went, oh, this is why Tristan is the way he is. And this is why he likes it. <laughs> well, the biggest thing, like, I this album came at a pretty pivotal time for me. It's like I was studying jazz for four and a half years. And most of that was at community college. I had just transferred over to university. 
and I decided to drop out of said university. Mainly, well, a lot of reasons. One, my credits didn't transfer like they said they they Fuck would. Fuck ASU for that. It was anyway. gonna take like another three years to get a bachelor's Fuck degree ASU in base performance, and I was like, no, I don't want to do that. And also, it's like I was kind of realizing that jazz wasn't the one thing I wanted to do forever. I wanted to branch out and find other stuff. And this was one of the first records. Because, like, when you're in jazz school, it's like you are in jazz school. It's like you listen to jazz and you need to practice jazz. And if you tell anyone you listen to anything else, you're going to get bullied. Damn. (laughs) Damn. It's like... So I was in this really, like, competitive, hardcore environment where everyone's just kind of, like, out jazz each other. Like, oh, you didn't practice for nine hours yesterday? Do you even give a shit about this? It's like... The most pretentious shit you can think of. Yeah. Like, just... I was in this environment where it was kind of, like, taboo to think about other types of music. And as soon as I left at the end of 2019... um. I started like listening to other stuff and branching out. This album coming out in 2020 was like the perfect point for me because I had played a couple of gigs where I had to play a couple of Dua Lipa songs, and I believe uh, "Break My Heart" was one of the first ones that someone called on me, and I was like, "Damn, this is pretty sick!" And so I just decided to check out the whole album. I I was like, "Okay, I love this," and this entire thing pretty much shaped my personality from that point onward, nice. and like a lot of my tastes and a lot of stuff I started listening to. And I, there have been a lot of other influences as well, but this yeah. was like really, really huge for me. Just how much I. Didn't expect to really like this, but after having to learn a couple of these songs and play it, like, I forget. I think I had to learn, like, Break My Art and Don't Stop Now. Yeah, and, that or was don't the start single, now. so that tracks. Yeah, I had to learn the singles because it was the one that came out. And after a couple months of playing them, I was like, I love these songs. Every yeah. time I have to play them, it's so much fun. I should look at the rest of this stuff. And as a person who... I don't actually listen to a lot of music. I listen to a little bit of music a lot, if that mm-hmm. makes any sense. Yeah. Like, I don't have, like, it's hard for me to really find something to get into and mm-hmm. really dig into and enjoy it. So this was one of the first big things, especially in the pop space. And man, yeah, I learned so much <laughs> about yeah. so many things just from this album. My big note is that they do a lot with a little. Like, they have very minimal actual instrumentation, but the textures that they choose, the rhythms they choose, and the chord progressions they choose are what make it so interesting. Mm-hmm. They're really not working with many layers. Four, yeah. Like, four or five at a time max, probably. Yeah, it's not super layered, but it's very, very well produced. And, like you said, the chord progressions are interesting. And They're the not... rhythmic structure is also interesting. Yes. Especially in the bass. Yes. Especially. It's super bass-heavy, super bass-centric. Most of these tunes have extremely... Just really cool bass lines. Not normative for pop music. Not normative for contemporary I have a theory on that, and I think it's mainly because a lot of, especially modern stuff, um, is produced by very small teams or, like, smaller people. I, I, I think of, like, local music and everything, and it's easy to not put a lot of your focus on instruments that you don't really play too much. And bass is kind of the one, it's it's the redheaded stepchild that nobody really actually gives a shit about. So unless you bring in like a really great bassist and just let them do whatever they want, um, you're going to get something super bare bones. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, th- that's to be said about any sort of 
like instruments or anything is whatever your primary instrument is, is what you're going to play the coolest stuff on. True. Everything else is kind of an afterthought. That's why when I do stuff in the studio, I like to bring in people that play every instrument. It's like, yeah, I could play guitar on this. I could strum a couple chords. But, but would it be I, as interesting as bringing a professional guitar player? Yeah, even just to get like little intricacies and little things because professionals that focus on one instrument have a very specific relationship with that instrument that you can't really emulate without spending a ton of time with it. True. And you can tell that they let the instrumentalists that they did bring on just do their Go thing. Go You know, like they Go didn't, they didn't rein them in. Because a lot of session bassists will just be like, okay, what do you want to play? And the producer will be like, I want you to play eighth notes the whole song. And they will say, thank you for the thousands of dollars to play eighth notes for the whole song. That's what I will do. But you can totally tell the whole atmosphere around this album is just like, we want you to do some super cool shit. <laughs> and Basically. they just let them go for it. So Yeah. And the other thing is like, this... The whole record is very, like, pool party. Yeah. Half this record went on my summer vibes out <laughs> playlist after I got done listening to it. So the first song is the title of the album. It's called Future Nostalgia. I, I like the synthesizer. It almost sounds like a text-to-speech synthesizer. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, Vital has a built-in preset that's like a text-to-speech and it's that's kind of what it sounds like. I don't know. It's very strange. This is my biggest and like really only major gripe with the record. I don't like her talking on the record. I think I don't it's like great. her rapping. I I can't even call it rapping. I don't think it is rapping. I don't think it's but supposed it's like to be. spoken word esque, and it's just her, her like dialogue. I I don't. It I takes me out of it. I don't know. I think it does a really Despite good job. Despite her of, accent, it takes me out of it. I think it does a really good job of setting the tone for the rest of the album. This being the title track, this being the first thing you hear, it's like, okay, this isn't going to be super serious, hardcore stuff. You yeah, know? It's there is like, only like one serious song on the whole record. Yeah, and, and like you said, one. the rest of it is just a pool party. Like mm -hmm. it, That's what it is. It's meant it's to be fun. fun. It's kind of goofy, and I think having goofy that little thing... Goofy is the right word. Goofy. That is, they get I, a little wacky dude, with this shit. My note is... <laughs> Don't like the speaking, kind of a goofy way to introduce the album. <laughs> That's what I wrote. I think it's great. It's because, goofy. Um, I just think it's a nice little thing, and it, I like her confidence that it portrays and everything yeah. it sets up her personality and it i think does. that's the biggest thing is it introduces you to her personality which you can tell the producers did not like stifle they her. didn't stifle her yeah they let her show her personality through True. these tunes you know True. and i think this is a good example of that i think and that's a very valuable point um, I like the chromatic chord movement. They use a lot of chromaticism on this record. Yes. Compared to normal contemporary pop, a ton of chromaticism. Um, the movement from C to B major in the pre-chorus is cool. It's I think that the pre-chorus is the most catchy part of this song. Mm. I really like it. That's another thing. Almost every song on this record is super catchy. It'll get yeah. caught and it'll get stuck in your head. Her she her melody writing is fantastic. But you bring up an interesting point about the chord progression. Um, another interesting point about this whole album, a lot of minor keys. Yes, um, and a, a lot. also a lot of ambiguity between if it's minor or major, True. just in the tonal center or certain chords, as we'll talk about later. Um, 
but I think the chord progression is really cool. Uh, it's mainly moving down a D minor scale, and then it hits that B major at that one point, which is a very sort of common thing to have that sort of the sixth be the one not uh it's dorian is what it is yes. when it moves that G down major is dorian yeah right it, because it well it has i mean the it's four with... mixture because it's borrowing four from the major relative major right not necessarily uh, it doesn't have to be um, i don't remember if this song is in b minor or not uh i think it's d minor it's d minor so it's using a g major so it's parallel major borrowing yes but if you think of it um as D Dorian instead it's of D just minor. A shift from D minor to D Dorian. Exactly. Well, no, it doesn't bridge. even do that. It sort of stays there the whole time. Because if you think huh. you have D F A yeah. for the first chord, next chord is a C E G that mm-hmm. all fits in D Dorian. Then you have it's sort of like a B a G over B. So it's like a G okay. chord in first inversion. So okay. G B D over B, and then your last chord after that is G B D first inversion. So it all fits in a D Dorian, which means all of the notes in this in these chords all fit in just a C major scale. True. So it's just C major scale starting on the second and going down. And which is a weird way for me is a weird way to think about alternative modes like i i like thinking of it in like the parallel sense Mm. rather than like the moving everything around the c major scale sense i find it's easier to think of it relative to like the home scale for me in particular because of the standpoint of improvisation like if i were looking at this song and someone said play a solo with only notes that are going to fit the scale the easiest way for me to think about it is not to think of all these chords moving. It's to think, okay, here's the one scale we can have. It's within C major. And then we can just use the chord tones based off of that. Because if you just, if you look at just the first chord, you look at D minor, um, all you get from that information is the chord tones. And if you play a D minor scale, you're technically wrong because you're hitting that B flat instead of the B B natural. So you can't just make assumptions off of that. Um, so if you look at just the first chord, you get D, F, A. Mm-hmm. If you look at the entire thing in context and you realize, okay, it all fits within C major, then you know the notes in between your chord tones as well. Yeah. So, And for the most part, almost every song in this record fits within one mode or one for scale or something. Part. There is, I think, one exception. Oh, and there's yeah. a lot of chromaticism in another one of them. But Yeah. But like chromatic movements from like scale degree six to sharp five to five to sharp four mm-hmm. is not uncommon. Yeah. That's exactly. a pretty normative like movement. And they do that a couple times on the record, I believe. But yeah, the baseline moves chromatically and it's stepwise. Again, most interesting thing. This song I'm kind of lukewarm on. It's like my second least. No, I think this is my least favorite just because wow. she talks too goddamn much. <laughs> I like it. It's I should close, also say I also just never care about lyrics in pretty much any music. Okay, I just I don't never really care about it. them very much on this record because yeah. they don't stand out. There's a couple songs where they do, and I will talk about them, but <laughs> mostly good in bed because they're funny. But yeah. <laughs> um, there's a couple where I think the lyrics stand out, but for the most part, it's this is this record is all vibes. Yeah. So the second song is the one that everybody listening to this has heard at some point, because like I said, TikTok ate this record up. Um, The second song is the single from the album, which is Don't Start Now. She follows a kind of a strict pattern a lot of the time with her verses just being bass and light percussion and her voice 
And mm-hmm. then she kind of just like drops everything in at the first chorus and then rolls it back for the verse and then rolls it back in for the chorus. And this happens in this song too. Uh, most of my notes on this are just like, oh, the TikTok song. It's good. <laughs> it's, it's good. It's good. There's a lot of... Uh... The placement of the piano is really intentional and really good. Yes. Because the piano only comes in on the pre-chorus. Mm. And it's like a very... It better establishes the key and it better establishes the groove, yeah. I think. They use that like minor three to major four. Like dun, 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 dun. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, this one's interesting because I... Uh, just chord wise i don't know if if we should call it a minor key or a major key during the first section the second yeah. section of it uh, cuz it's basically split into two chord progressions the second section is just walking up a b minor pentatonic for the yeah. most part it One, is very pentatonic 3 4 5 or 3 4 4 5 or whatever it is yeah. you know ba, it's ba, just going ba, up the ba. yeah it's going up the b minor pentatonic there the first part's a little weird like it, it's a very strange chord progression it doesn't really feel like it has a a home because Mm -mm. it doesn't really i don't know i think it makes more sense to call it minor adjacent i think it makes a little bit more sense to call it d major Mm. and you start on and you have like a two six four because the verse thing no i'm sorry the chorus progression resolves on d major it does go to an e at some point it's like yeah e minor i think that is at the top of the chorus yeah or no that's Mm. the the verses Maybe. Oh no! Okay, yeah, we are calling things differently. Yeah, yeah, it's fine. It it doesn't matter. Point yeah. is, it's a kind of interesting chord progression. It doesn't, it doesn't really have a lot of like function to it. You know, typically chords will move in like fourths, up fourths or down fifths, which are the same thing if you invert them. Yes. That's kind of a, a different topic. Um, <laughs> but this one, it's it moves like. Up and forth, it's just really inconsistent. It's weird, and it doesn't really feel like it resolves a lot. No. That it being doesn't. said, I don't know why I really like it so much. Because <laughs> normally yeah. I really fall in well, love with really Well, it is very pentatonic. Yeah. Which is, I have theories and thoughts that I talked about a couple weeks ago on the pod about why. I mean, the fact that there's no tendency tones means that they're just very like round and they are mm. easy to layer and they just like feel more cohesive because there's no like leaning. And yeah. no edge but that's an know. interesting point yeah it's weird this one was a single for a reason it's catchy it has yeah. distinct sections one thing she does really well is her formal sections are very very distinct which is cool it doesn't all blend together mm-hmm. but uh, this was a single for a reason i mean i i don't have a ton to say about it just because everybody knows the song yeah and last it's thing i have to say dry. is the the bass octaves a lot of that stuff yeah. i don't know if you can trace it back to this point but a lot of modern bass lines have been very groovy with a lot of this like octave type stuff not really slap attention by charlie Puth there we go. is my favorite bass line ever and it does a lot of octave shit yeah. and it's slappy but it does familiar. a lot of octave shit the, it's so interesting how like slap doesn't really exist fully in modern no, music but the, just the pops there's always like pops an octave up all yeah. over the place in everything and this was i won't say this was the first record to do it but this was around the time i think that started and really became like a popular thing that we've mm-hmm. been seeing constantly yeah <laughs> since then 
And I think that's one of the reasons why I appreciate this record so much is at least for me, this was sort of a representation of the new sort of wave of pop music that we're in because for a very long time, it was excruciatingly boring. It was so, so boring with so many of the same chord progressions and so many of the same styles and everything. Mm -hmm. And just seeing artists like Dua Lipa and especially Billie Eilish and Phineas really started like changing the way progressions were happening. And so this is this represented a good turning point, mm-hmm. especially this single. If you want something that is a not normative chord progression, but still feels very sound, like has chromaticism, Charlie Puth just came out with a song called That's Not How This Works, So Fire. Um, and the chord progression has that chromatic six sharp five, five sharp four, mm-hmm. four um, major four chord, minor four chord into the chorus. So it's like not, it's kind of normative, but not entirely. I really like the song. Again, I really like Charlie Puth. My gripe with him <laughs> is that his rhythm sections all sound the same, which I think is because he has perfect pitch and your brain is very harmonically tuned in. This is my personal anecdote. I have the same problem, which is why I'm saying that he has the same problem. I haven't really dug too deeply into Charlie Puth. All I know is yeah. his chord progressions are usually good. I've, I've ha- heard a few where I'm like, Bleh. yeah, but. I'm very, there's some of it that I'm like, mm, icky, but there's a lot of it that I'm, I'm on board with. But yeah. That's all I have to say about don't stop now. Don't start now. Why? I, I do the same thing. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> so the third song is called Cool. I'm more of a fan of this one than either of the last two. The plucky synth is so cool. They use the plucky synth and I like it. One really interesting thing about this song is it never plays the root of the scale that the chords are within. Um, the entire time it is a three chord loop that is five, six, four. True. The entire time you never get a one. Yeah. Um, Mm -hmm. and normally I would hate. She sings one. Yes. And one is within all of the melodies and stuff that do, 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 do. Um, but the chords never land in that spot. True. Which brings up an interesting point, um, as to like why knowing a little bit of theory can help you. If somebody were to give you this song. And a very common mistake that will be made with a lot of, like, younger musicians is they will ask what key the song is in. And a lot of them will base that assumption off of the first chord or the last chord. Yeah. And this is a case where that will just get you in a lot of trouble because that is... they never play the root in the chord progression. If you try to play it in either of those, in any key from any of these... (laughs) Chords that are in the song. Well, what it's an A, a flat, flat major. Yeah. 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 So if you try to so play, play five, an which E is... flat major chord, you're going to be wrong. You're going to play D naturals, which are wrong. If you try to play a D flat major, you're going to be wrong. You're going to play D flat. Or, uh, Basically, you have to G be able flats. to listen to the song in context and like. Exactly. You have to figure it out. And so, I don't know. I just think Because in context, it sounds like it's in A flat with the melody on top of it and with the like synth lead on top of it. Yeah. But if you're just looking at a lead sheet with the chords, you're going to be wrong about what you think it is. So you need to really, the biggest part is learning to hear the relationships between these chords. And it's very hard to describe how to do that. But the first time I heard this song, I heard five, six, four. Mm -hmm. And I don't know why my brain was like that just because of where intervals are at. But once you get so used to hearing scales and everything, 
thinking about them in that context is very very nice song's cool it's song's called cool. cool song's cool um the melody on you know you know you know is super major pentatonic it's catchy i like it i was like mm, nice it's just like kind of ear candy a little bit that's what most of it is a, a lot of these melodies are just nice ear candy but my yeah. favorite thing is they all they almost always fit the chords true a lot of like pop music or pop musicians have a tendency i'm looking at you harry styles to have mm-hmm. a catchy thing and they just keep it going regardless of what the chords are underneath them and they just end up playing notes that don't really fit and you can totally tell it's just yeah. because they wanted to keep the thing going not because they're like oh i wanted to have a sharp 11 on this chord that, that's <laughs> not what was in their brain and yeah. so it's yeah i haven't noticed any of that in True. this record everything in is very cohesive everything it glues together it, really well it just it it tickles your brain in that nice yes. way. yes i um, do wish they replaced the claps with a closed hi-hat sound though i hate the frequency of the use of the claps <laughs> in percussion rather than like a closed hat it pisses me off I'm fix fine it. With it i don't, I don't know i noticed it and it was really only in this song that it bothered me because they do it a lot in this song yeah. Rather, I'm like, use a, use like a weird side stick snare instead. Like if you want a like high percussive sound. Anyway. I think claps are fun. They're fun to record because I'm bad at it. I guess. I'm but bad you're at like clapping. the shaker man. So <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm you... even worse at shaker. <laughs> I put them on everything. You do. That's what I'm saying is that <laughs> you put them on everything. Doesn't mean I'm good at them. <laughs> yeah, that's all I have to say about that song. This was when I was listening through the record. I was like, this is my favorite so far. But I do that a lot. I, I'm gonna do I'm gonna say that like kind of until we get to like the ninth song, basically. So the fourth song is called Physical. Is this referencing the Olivia Newton John song? I don't know. I don't know. Because it kind of feels the I mean they're not in the same key, but they're I don't know. Does she? No, she doesn't. Dua doesn't say let's get physical. Yes, yeah, she does. She does. Okay, so it's kind of the same. I don't actually know this song. You're the about. let's get physical. Oh, physical. yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, it's it's all sort of in this the same This feels like vein. a fusion of that and like a Lady Gaga song. <laughs> yeah, it's just kind of like 80s workout music. That's a, that's <laughs> like, a fantastic that's kind of <laughs> way to put it. It is 80s workout music. I feel More. like my mom would love this, but I don't think I've ever showed it to her. You should. I feel like my mom would probably <laughs> like it too, actually. Mom, go listen to this. So they do plucky synth again. I, I like I like plinkies. <laughs> <laughs> I like the plinkies. They're fun. Chorus is catchy. They're relying on natural minor for this. Uh yeah, it's like a one six three seven thing. Yeah. Very, very simple chord progression. If yes. it were in a major key, it'd be the same like it would be the same as if, if it was C major, the emphasis is just not on yeah, yeah, C. Yeah, yeah. But I mean like this is a very common chord progression. It's True. one of the less remarkable ones on the record. Not to True. say I don't like it. Um I think generally as a purpose. song it's one of the less remarkable songs on the record, I guess. I mean I yeah, I guess compared to everything else, like yeah. looking at the whole list. If you're looking like, at the whole eh. list, it's like, eh. But I don't dislike this at I all. I don't either. I think it's just, it's fine. It's, it didn't it's, go it's on a, nice a playlist, thing. but I didn't hate listening to it. Yeah, so. I don't, I don't know. And I think it serves its purpose. You can tell she yes. wanted to make a song that was just like, I'm going to make some 80s workout music. And this, this is what happened. It's yeah. like, hey, she did it. That's it. That's the thing. I think 
like this is the most like danceable song on the record i would argue yeah almost maybe eh, there's a couple contenders i think it's up there though um i <laughs> my note is i cannot believe this wasn't written for a high school drama or for glee <laughs> that's my and for real like because that's how it feels a little bit man oh uh, no i just i just picture like a bad quality vhs video of like women and like the, the full, full neon, neon workout suits yeah, with exactly. like the wrist warmer things That's and the, all i can think about when i listen to the song and it's pretty much it's fine it's good it's solid. it's fine the song is fine it's definitely not bad it's worth listening to at least once um the string line is cool they do a lot of string fills um i have a lot to which, say about string fills but i'm kind of waiting till we get to love again to yeah, yeah yeah so. yeah 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 so um the next song, which no, yeah, the next song is Levitating. If you wanna run away with me, I know a galaxy and I can take you for a ride. This was also a huge uh TikTok song. Everyone knows this. Everybody song. knows this song. Again, kind of unremarkable chord progression on this one too. Yeah, again, one, I think five, four, one. I think the timbres of the synths that carry the progression are much more interesting. Like the wah yeah. synth on this is really cool. Um yeah. I like the uh, it's it's like some sort of vocoder or talk box or something. Yeah, in the back. I'm, I love vocoder. <laughs> I'm such a fan. This is one that's definitely carried more by its production than yes. its composition. So as far as this is kind of the point in the record when I went, oh, the grooves are all really, really, really similar. Yeah. Like, is there a name for this like type of groove? I, I don't know. I don't know. Because there there's only is. one song that has like a distinct groove that's different and it's good in bed. Yeah is the only one everything else has a very very distinct and very similar groove yeah as far as like the percussive elements go mm -hmm. yeah the it's funny it's like it's weird to have such an intense bass album without also having like pretty intense drums yeah like there's not a ton of super distinct drum stuff going on in this like in terms of percussion it's mainly the the boots and cats type thing yes Granted, I am an absolute slut for offbeat <laughs> hi-hats. Like, I cannot get enough of the just offbeat hi-hats on everything, which is probably why I love this whole record so probably. much, because that's pretty much the entire thing. But yeah, it's it it's hard. It's going to sound like I don't really like this song too much, even though I really do. This is one that I've played on gigs probably more yeah. often than any of these. Yeah. Um, but it's, again, kind of simple and unremarkable like i said i think the production carries it more way more so than the musical content of yes, it yes i i agree i do like the syncopated two syllable things that she does in the chorus i think it's catchy i think it's her moonlight yeah mm -hmm, i need you that whole like yeah. i don't know the structure of the chorus is cool it's like from a from a rhythmic standpoint for the vocals it's kind of different um, but she does her kind of like punctuated melodies sometimes. Yeah. The only other thing I like about this song is the cut time pre-chorus yeah. that they have towards the end is Classic interesting. move. Great, yeah, I think it's stuff. like the only time of cut time on the record. I think you might be right I, about that. Yeah, I you, believe so. You could argue that section and good in bed, but that's more... Uh, yeah, know. good in bed's an entirely different case just because it's the only song where like the groove is different. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I don't know. Song's good. Again, Song's I've heard good. it too many times on social media by now to, like, 
<laughs> go out of my way to listen to it. Yeah, everyone knows this is good. Yeah, it's, but it's good content. It. It's a good, it's a groovy song. Looking at the numbers on Spotify, I'm actually surprised how many more plays Don't Start Now has. So the next song has way less listens than that. <laughs> it's called Pretty Please. I want to feel a different kind of tension. Yeah, you guessed it. The kind that's fine. Hate it when you so my first note is very bottom of her to say please so much. Is <laughs> <laughs> what I wrote because this is like her most bottom moment of the <laughs> whole so you're criticizing future, her no, for being no, no, a bottom no, 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 no. and then you're like, oh, I'm, I don't like the talking oh, during future I'm nostalgia. not criticizing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not criticizing her. I just thought it was funny. But it's funny. It's weird because like in it's just a comparison because in future nostalgia, she does like this like alpha woman shit. Doesn't she? Yes. Right. So That's it's part, very one of the like, lyrics is, I know you're not used to a female alpha. Yeah. It's very um, woman girl boss. And then she has a song called Pretty Please that is entirely about being a bottom. <laughs> so it's just funny. I like it, though. I like the song. I this one has too. my favorite vocals for sure. Like her. Really? I just like her inflection. I think this is one of the more heavily produced sounding songs on here yeah granted it has to be because it's a two chord vamp the entire time true um it's just an interesting case for how how much of a difference production can make uh to keep songs interesting throughout them you know yeah um and i think this whole record strikes a really good balance of not overdoing the songs that don't need it but really using it to make the songs that might need a little bit more content uh, it really makes them shine i think in this case like this one or cool uh with very basic short chord progressions that just loop the whole time yeah one thing i really like is there's that one measure like lull in the tempo after she says slow it down yeah like that is into that the chorus, is so fucking cool which is a very cool very like production moment thing that they did that was like just like I a lyrically linked thing sat down and measured it out but i'm very curious to know if it is still in time and it just adds so. an extra beat or so like a couple extra beats it might, it might or just if it is completely four. out of time yeah that's something i'm very interested they to might have just figure out. like shut the metronome off and moved everything over yeah and which just is had her do it however possible but it doesn't sound like it. i think yeah. it is actually in time can we take a minute and like figure yeah. that out and come back hold up after some research uh <laughs> we've kind of come to the conclusion that it does stay in time and it just adds an extra one and a half beats i think um unconfirmed i'm not totally sold on that just off of my little test with my metronome on my phone but i don't know basically the chorus comes in on the and of one rather than on beat one so there's an extra like half a beat on the measure prior which is very strange it would make unless you unless it's in double time yeah unless it's in double unless it's in double time and then it makes sense one, two, three, four. But I don't think it I would don't be. Think they did this they could have set the me- the met to that though. They could have. They set could the have set the tempo time. at like I think it was two fourteen or something, yeah. and then it would land on a beat. Um, it's just interesting because with a lot of this type of stuff that's very heavily produced, uh, people do not like to deviate from their tempo grid, which is why I was so surprised and I didn't really believe that it would be 
completely out of time, but after setting a mm-hmm. metronome to it, it comes in right on an offbeat. So I don't know. I don't know, man. Just it is definitely weird, though. Not fun, common. Fun fact for y'all, yeah. if you wanted to know. <laughs> it's very simple instrumentation, but it's super like bouncy and fun, and it does something that we talked about a little bit last week. That's difficult. Is it's very obviously and blatantly about sex, but it's not icky because it's. <laughs> groovy which is hard to do she does a good job of not being gross which is Yet. cool um but like i said very bottom of her but it's a good song i'm a fan <laughs> am i wrong are you gonna yeah, look I at guess. me and tell me that i'm wrong i don't know i just don't think of it that way I well, what is she also, singing about i get it all right <laughs> i understand but it's just when i listen to songs lyrics might as well just be like an instrument just going which is nuts to me, but I just don't off. I don't know what words say anymore you know I just, what I guess that's fair they're but that just is melodies not I, I know and I, I bet that's not how most people are but no, for me I'm, from what I've talked to most people do not factor in like the actual lyrics vocals are really just like noise um almost <clears> every <throat> non-musician I've talked to really yeah what my boyfriend is that way non-musicians yeah. don't care about lyrics a lot of them don't. That seems backwards to nah, me. Nah, dude, a lot of them don't. Wild. I know. Which, again, I don't get it because I like super pay attention to lyrics when I listen to music. So, mm. I don't know. It's a personal thing. I would think so. for non-musicians, it would be such an important part of it for them. Because for me, it's like I don't listen to the lyrics because I'm just hearing They're just here for the vibes, shit. though, is my understanding. I guess so. These people are just here for the fucking vibes. I guess so. Like... Yeah, Jace listens to music entirely based on vibe. <laughs> so that's 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 what I have to say about it. But um, that's where we're stopping for this episode. Come back next week. We're finishing the record. It's going to be cool. Um, my favorite stuff is on the back half of the record. I feel like that's usually how it goes. I don't know why. But uh, yeah, Tris and I will be back next week doing that. But yeah. Woo! Party! Woo. Theory party! I know these these episodes are more dense than normal because they're very theory heavy, but we're That's what out, you get when you call a fucking nerd True. to be on your show. I did call a nerd, and we're going to be nerds. You knew this shit. I did, so I'm just warning everybody else. <laughs> but more nerdy shit next week. More nerdy shit next week. Woo. Catch us there. Peace out, y'all. <laughs>